Hi, this is Brian Robinson, and you're listening to the Wildcast, hosted by Wildcast. Hey everyone, welcome back. It's another edition of the Wobcast. I'm your host, Mike Wobshaw, inside TCO Studios at TCO Performance Center in Egan, joined as always by co-host and producer Chris Corso. What's up, dude? What's going on, Wobby? We got a lot, a lot to talk about today. Okay, jam-packed show today. It's going to include Anthony Harris, Viking Safety. That's right. Competing for a spot on the depth chart at safety, helping out Mike Prefer's group on special teams, as he always does. Chrissy sat down with Anthony, and uh, we're going to share that conversation with you. Also today, news and notes, preseason game one standouts. We're going to hear from our friends at Good Morning Football. We'll talk Vikings-Jags joint practice. We will preview preseason game number two for the Vikings against those Jaguars on Saturday at U.S. Bank Stadium. And, of course, we'll get to your mail which we always love to do. But first, Chris, let's run through some of the topical news and notes around the National Football League. What you got? Awesome. Yeah, we, we've been bringing this up every single, single week. Yeah, you, yeah, because I made a big deal about it. You did, and, and now you're tracking it. I'm yeah. tracking it. I want to know where Des Bryant is going. Well, I know what HBO wants. They Oh, they want what we're about to bring up. Yeah, but I mean, Hard Knocks is following the Browns this right. year. So they want... Des Bryant, who is visiting the Browns to sign with the Browns, I, what do you think? I think he's a great fit okay. in that in that room. And being a huge fan of Hard Knocks and watching the first episode, I know the last episode aired um, two nights ago, but l- watching that first episode and seeing Jarvis Juice Landry, did, mm-hmm. did you watch it? Yeah, he's a stud, man. No, I have not watched either episode of Hard Knocks. Well, Jarvis Landry yeah. went into the, the receiving group's room and he pretty much gave them a speech saying, if you're somewhat nicked up, you have to practice. Mm-hmm. It, because I'm nicked up, we're all nicked up, you need to get out here and practice. Because if you don't practice, then it's contagious, and we don't want that in here. So he's being a leader. He's pretty much saying, you guys are, are we've, been, we've been losing here, and I don't want to do it this year. <laughs> and that was really, it, it was cool. Uh. That, that like video went viral on Twitter and all that. It's really, really cool thing to see. So. Okay. So Jarvis Landry being a leader, that's what the Browns like to see. I mean, they, um, they, they're giving him a lot of money. Got him from the Dolphins. And then you see Jarvis Landry go out and tweet to Des Bryant saying, come join me. Let's go. Come there's join room, me, big there's guy. room for both of us. Yeah. So that's where we are with the Des Bryant news. We know that Hard Knocks would benefit greatly from oh, yeah. it. Well, they're going to benefit just from him visiting. Yeah, right? and, and so will the Browns. Yeah, that's true. So, All right. Um, the Browns are in the AFC North. That's right. Which I think is an interesting division this year. Very interesting. We were kind of just chatting on the side in, in the office here at Vikings Entertainment Network the other day, and we said, what a good topic to bring up on the Wobcast, the AFC North Division. So you have the Steelers, who are going to be the prohibitive favorites to win the division. But the question is, should they be that prohibitive? I mean, they do have Brown, Bell, and Roethlisberger. They got the killer bees. But there's been some acrimony with Le'Veon in the contract situation. A hundred percent. You have Roethlisberger, who is still Big Ben and is still badass. Battling concussion protocol but right he, now. Yeah. So I just I still think Pittsburgh's the best team in that division. Um, very well coached, really solid organization, and they've got some playmakers. So they're the best team. Ain't no doubt about that. But 
Um, I, I, I don't think it's a bunch of also-rans behind the Steelers. Like They're going to have to compete hard, I think, to win that division. This is not going to be easy for them. And I'm, I'm not even counting the Browns out. I'm not counting them out yet. Can't I like it. what they've done. You can't do it. Carlos Hyde in addition. Jarvis Landry we mentioned in addition. Tyrod Taylor, Tyrod man. Tyrod Taylor. Baker Mayfield to back him up, who's I, I'm, I don't want to say that he's going to be the starter, but, man, he's looked pretty good. I think his, Miles Garrett is good. They yeah. drafted Jimmy Ward. Um, so we'll see. Um, I think the AFC North is interesting, though. Um I think Cincinnati is another team that people will count out, Chris. And I just don't know how wise that is because Marvin Lewis has been there a long time. He's won a lot of games. Right. Nothing's too big for him to handle. I'm not I mean, I think they're a tough out. Joe Mixon's there. Joe Mixon is really good. And um and now now you've got the Ravens who yep. you know, I know they drafted Lamar Jackson, but Joe Flacco is still there. He's got Super Bowl winning cred. Signed a lot of veteran wide receivers because that was an yep, issue for them. They last did. Season. Terrell Suggs healthy and playing. So um that AFC North's tough. I, I don't think that's an easy division. There are no easy games in the AFC North. Be interesting to see how that shakes out this year. For sure. It was a really good topic to bring up at the for the news and notes here, just because you overlook that division, so oh the steel the Steelers yeah. will take that division, maybe the Ravens, but man, there's there's, there's some some good, good teams, teams in there. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Good year not to play the AFC North. Now we play the AFC East this year, which is not great because it's the Patriots. Um and I think the Bills are gonna be better than some people think. But um, but yeah, we, we play the AFC East, um, uh, which is going to be uh, you know we got the Patriots in December, and I think like Tom Brady's like fifty and four or fifty and five all time in December, and he loves playing in that cold weather there down there yeah, and, and up there in Foxborough. Yeah. yeah. So, all right, what else you got? All right, next on the list, we know that Khalil Mack and Aaron Donald have not signed their contracts um, with their respective teams. Aaron Donald with the LA Rams. Khalil Mack with the Oakland Raiders. Okay, so Vikings fans, listen up. I know it's fun to see another team go through consternation with their good players. You want Khalil Mack to sign as soon as possible. And why is that? You don't want the Raiders trading Khalil Mack to... Say it. Green Bay. We do not want that. We I know don't there's rumors, want but we that. do not want that. There are I, rumors, and it makes sense. It does make sense. So we want Khalil Mack to sign now. How do you know? I mean, I don't even want to get into what other teams do and what their cho- choices are because we don't do that here. But, um, man, he's a good player. They're going to get him. <laughs> they got to get him. Yeah. John Gruden's like... This is my best player. Yeah. Like, he's, I mean, he knows a good football player when he sees well, yeah. him. Yeah, I mean, John Gruden's the coach. He wants all the good players he can get. So he's up there at Reggie McKenzie's office being like, Reggie, <laughs> come on, man. Get this guy in here. It's crazy. So, I, yeah, that's something to bring up. Obviously, we play the Rams in Los Angeles this season, so that could impact the Vikings. And he, that's a team that out there in the, in the NFC that really a lot of uh, experts out there think that the Rams are going to be a team to be reckoned with uh, come this season. So that's definitely something of note. The next is our good friend, Good Morning Football's Peter Schrager. We'll hear from him later on, continuing to support the Vikings. But um, he's had some, there's some segments on Vikings.com right now. We post a lot of the NFL Network segments on our website. And he's made bold predictions about Vikings defensive end Everson Griffin breaking the sack record this season. Being the MVP. Being the MVP, that was one thing he said. And then he did say this week, that he believes, after watching that first drive, it's tough to judge a season on one drive, 
But after watching that drive with the Vikings offense, he believes that the Vikings are the best team in the NFL. I hope Peter's right. I, I, we That's love, all I can say. We love Peter. We do love Peter. Um, <laughs> I saw him at Hall of Fame weekend. He was uh, walking into a, uh, a local watering hole when we were sitting out front in the patio. We saw our man Peter Schrager. And uh, it was fun catching up and chatting with him. And, you know, he's positive about a lot of teams. Like, we, we notice when he's positive about the Vikings because we're the Vikings. But yeah. he's, he's a positive guy. He sees the upside in a lot of different things. And there's a lot of upside in the Vikings. And he likes to let people know about it. And we appreciate it. Did you tell him that he's a friend of the Wobcast? Uh, no, I didn't. I should have. <laughs> I should have put my phone on. And he could have done one of those uh, yeah, Peter Schrager. Yeah, yeah. You're listening to the Wobcast <laughs> like we had B-Rob do. Uh, now, B-Rob and I, we can help each other out now. Because he's got 96 questions, so yep. we can promote that, and B-Rob can promote the Wobcast. I think that's a good idea. The next news and note is something that definitely uh, is close to Vikings fans, and that's Roquan Smith, the first-round draft pick with the Chicago Bears. He just signed his rookie contract this week. Yep. So he was not at training camp with the Chicago Bears until he signed his contract this week. So that's something of note. Um great linebacker at the University of Georgia. I, I definitely thought that was something that should be brought up because kind of went under the radar, but he was the last draft pick to sign with a team in the NFL, and he is a very, very good player. Yeah, he is, and uh, we're going to see him. We're going to see him twice a year. I just watched Brian Urlacher going to the Hall of Fame. You I, had did. To, I had to watch him twice a year for like a decade, and I'm probably going to have to watch this guy twice a year for a decade, so we're happy for the Bears. Um, and we're happy uh, for Wobcast listeners because they're going to hear from a Viking right now. You chatted, Chris, with Anthony Harris earlier today. Yep, I talked to Anthony Harris. He's a safety on the Vikings roster. He's been with the Vikings for a few years now. He's a guy that is really overlooked. I, that's, I brought that up a couple times in the interview, and um, he just continues to take every opportunity he gets, whether it's Harrison Smith missing a game or Andrew Sandejo missing a game, and, he, and he's gone on to start – um, at safety alongside one or the other. Um, many will remember a big play he made against the Los Angeles Rams at U.S. Bank Stadium last year where he recovered a fumble right on the goal line um, with the Rams about to score, and that was a big play that really turned that game around, and that was mm-hmm. pretty much it for the Rams. Um, and he had a pick last week yeah. in, in preseason week one. So um, take a listen to Anthony Harris. This was after practice. Um, he, he's very um, excited for the game against the Jaguars. So here's Anthony Harris. Chris Corso here with Vikings safety Anthony Harris. Anthony, what's it been like getting a pick in that game against the Broncos? It was a great moment for you. You've obviously been around a lot. So um, what was that like doing that in the first week of the preseason and kind of looking forward? Uh, it was fun, you know, definitely, you know, getting out there, going against a, an opponent, um, taking everything that we worked on during the week and training camp and, you know, just going out there having fun. It was a great feeling. So um, guys were excited. Um, we were all trying to be on the same page. Yep. Some other guys contributed. I think Eric, Eric Wilson pressured the quarterback. Um, Jack did a good job in coverage of tipping it up. And I just tried to go, you know, finish the play by getting an interception off of the tip. You know, we talk about getting um, interceptions off of uh, tips and overthrows in. So that's all I was trying to execute. So you've been here a few years now. What, what What's the difference this year? Like, what, what have you seen out of the defense? Obviously, a ton of new guys that play in the preseason. But kind of what's the difference this year compared to years past? Um, you know, I think the unit's been together a while now. Um, we've got a lot of guys who've, you know, um, 
did a, done a good job of, you know, mastering their craft, yeah. uh, working on their skill set, and learning the system. So um, I think coming back this year, I know it's, it's a lot easier for me with the installs day-to-day, um, installing new coverages. Um, that's a smooth transition, not just for myself, but I feel like the guys on defense who've been here a while, um, we're able to, you know, get things going pretty fast and bring along some of the younger guys who are new to the system. So you kind of have the eyes of the field out there at the safety position. You kind of got to see Mike Hughes in his first game. What, what do you see out of a young corner like that, being, being able to watch what he's done out there? I know he had a tackle in the uh, kind of grabbing a running back in the backfield there. What did you see from him in his first game? Um, he's smart, very smart player. You know, just just from practice, I've seen you know how, how well he's been able to pick up the system, yeah. um, and his ability just to go out there and play fast. Um, even though he's learning uh, the new system as, as a first year guy, um, he's still playing fast. So you know that's what we want to continue to get him to do is continue to learn the system, continue to play fast. So you know in the game he's he's reacting fast, he's breaking on the balls, he's competing, um, he's going in there, he's tackling. So he's doing all those things. So we just want to continue to progress with him and you know continue to get better in the system. Seems like over the years you've just had so many like opportunities. Start out on the practice squad, injuries happen at safety. You get to uh, you've had games where you start against the Cardinals. I remember that game um, against the Rams last year. You make a big play out there on the goal line. Just talk about kind of taking your opportunities and just making the best of them, and um, kind of how you've done that in years past. Yeah, um, you know, I always just try to keep the mindset of you know being ready. Um, being focused, being a good teammate, and trying to be a contributor whenever my number is called. So for me, it's just always just trying to stay prepared for my opportunity. Um, you know, I didn't want it to be a situation where I get an opportunity and I'm not ready for it. Yeah. So I just try to, you know, get in the playbook, continue to learn from the coaches, the other players around me, and continue to get better each day. So that way, whenever my number is called, whenever there's an opportunity there, I can take advantage of it. What do you learn from guys like Harry Smith and Andrew Sandejo? I know they're, they're buddy buddies back there, and then you get to work with them too. I mean, you started how many games next to one or the other? And uh, kind of talk about what you've learned from them. And I also want to know what about the new, the new tackle rule using your helmet and stuff like that, kind of how you, how, how you guys have, like as a trio, have worked to kind of learn these rules and how you see that like kind of affecting you guys in the new season. Yeah, it's been fun. Um, a lot of fun playing beside both of those guys at different times. Um, and I've taken a, you know, a, a lot from each one of them. You know, Harrison has been around um, very successful in the league, Sandejo as well. Um, but, you know, from Harrison, I just learned, you know, some of the things about just disguising, um, you know, in, in certain parts of the different coverages, um, how we need to manipulate our alignment and, you know, what we need to be looking at or how we need, need to move to put ourselves in better position. And with Sandejo, a guy like that, he just brings such a, you know, a dominant presence on the field. Um, hard tackler, smart, always in the right position. So a guy like that, you know, you can just pick his brain yeah. on the ins and out and the small tips that, you know, help pitch you in the right position to make a play. Uh, but as far as tackling, you know, we want to continue to be physical, um, you know, continue to come up, um, try to draw the ball loose on tackles. Um, but we know we, we want to be safe. So that's the, that's the number one thing, be safe and, and try to play within the rules. So the most important thing that we're talking about is just keeping our head up, um, sure. you know, keeping our head up when we tackle, um, seeing what we hit, and, you know, we think that if we can do that, then that'll, um, you know, keep us out of trouble from getting penalties and different things like that. Who's one player that's really stood out for you on our team so far in training camp? Maybe a young guy, maybe an old guy, whatever it might be. Do you have one guy who's like, could you pick one guy who kind of stood out so far? No, um, you know, I think there's a lot of guys who, you know, who, who jump out. 
Um, you know, obviously we got a lot of, you know, a really good talented players that are returning. Um, but just looking at some of the young guys, you know, obviously Daniel Hunter's coming in uh, this year. He's, he's really expanding a bit. Yep. Um, he's coming in, showing his athletic ability that we've seen on a consistent level now. But a guy like Ade, who's young, um, who's coming in, and you see flashes of, you know, how physical he can be. He looks like he's 40 years old. Yeah, he, he's, a phys- he's a physical guy. Um, and some of the stuff that we've seen out of him yeah. is just like, you know, when this guy pits it together and learns the system, you know, he can be a good player. But, you know, we got also young guys in the secondary, like a Halton Hill. I like, I like watching him. He's a big corner. He's physical. Yeah, he, he's a big corner. He's physical. He can run. Um, for his size, he does a really good job of getting in and out of the break. So it's always exciting to see guys like that just go out there and, you know, compete with just his raw athletic ability. Um, but, you know, just knowing that once he really grasps the technique and the system, um, he has a chance to be really good. And last one, you guys have obviously been going against the Jags here for a day, going against them again today. You'll see him on Saturday at U.S. Bank Stadium. Can you kind of just talk about what it's been like going against them? They're obviously one of the best teams in the league go against the Patriots last year in the AFC Championship. What's it been like playing against a team of that caliber? And how do you see it kind of helping you guys out going to get through this preseason and get through this training camp? Yeah, I mean, it's really nice to, you know, have them come up and join us in the practice, um, get a chance to, you know, work on some of the things we want to work on against a new opponent, um, yeah. you know, kind of see some of the things that they're doing offensively, defensively, and special teams as well. So to get that competitive atmosphere, you know, in practice, um, you know, you can't really simulate that going against each other in practice, but, you know, you bring in another team and, you know, it gives you a little bit more of that competitive edge, brings it out yeah. you a bit. So it's been a lot of fun. Um, you know, we've tried to keep everybody healthy, um, practice in a professional manner, um, and, and come out here and get better and make each other get better every day. Leonard Fournette's a big dude. Yeah, he's a big back. Um, so, you know, we're going to face running backs like him um, during the season. So, you know, it's going to be a good challenge uh, coming up this weekend. Um, you know, they want to run the ball. They want to be physical. So we're going to have to come out here and show that we have the ability to stop the run. All right. Well, Anthony Harris was a huge standout in that game, continues to make big plays when he gets chances. But what I really want to hear is what Wabi thinks. And I want to hear, Wabi, who is a player – Let's go on the offensive side of the ball that really stood out to you in that game. It could be an under-the-radar under guy, mm. someone someone who just really stood out from either making a big play or yeah. something like that. I, you know, I thought there were a lot of positive things that happened in that first preseason game. So, um, and, and there are some, some, there's some low-hanging fruit, like Rock Thomas, two touchdowns, right? Obvious one. He was definitely a standout. Um, but you know, one guy that I just, I went back and watched and I was just encouraged by what I saw was center Cornelius Edison. I love that. You know, and I don't think he, it was a perfect game for Edison. You know, he's a young player. Um, and you know, there, there were probably some snaps where it didn't go his way, Yep. you know, but I mean, we don't have Pat Elfline right now. So we got our backup center and it's Cornelius Edison and, it, you could understand if he was overmatched. You know, he was going against Domata Pecco, uh, and so. But I, I thought he held his own. So I was really encouraged by Cornelius Edison. You know, and I'm sure going against Linval and Sheldon every day in practice, which he's done, uh, was a big help for him and got him ready for the first preseason game when he was going against Pecco um, and a pretty good Broncos D line. But um, you know, and and also I, I didn't count the snaps, but Edison played a ton of snaps. I he mean, he was ton, at yeah. least the first half. I think he might have even played into the second half yep. before Josh Andrews took over uh, and took a few snaps at center, and then it was J. 
MVP Quinn. But uh, I was I was encouraged, and now you know I'm excited to watch it again. I'm excited to go back and not just watch Cornelius in the game against the Jags, but come back on um, on Sunday or Monday and watch the tape and see if he's progressed and see if instead of you know I don't know let's say he had 22 really good plays I want to see him have 32 really good plays yeah. you know so I'm excited for that well that's a really good one I, I like that and I'm gonna go off that with a player that was impacted by the way Cornelius Edison played and my player is definitely running back Latavius Murray yeah I just I I mean everyone's talking the throw from Cousins to Diggs this and that. If it's not for Latavius Murray with a couple of those runs and following some of these great offensive uh, lineman perform- per- performances, mm-hmm. um, man, he looks good. good. He's healthy. He's ready I thought to go. he looked good, too. I yeah. thought he had a burst. And then before we go to defense and special teams, I got another one. You know who actually did look good when you go back and watch the game? Who's that? Laquan. I love it. He did. He was open on that. He got goal open. Yep. yep. He got open a few times. I thought he was engaged. I think he's tough. And, um, and so that was good to see. All right, defense. Who you got? Defense. I'm going with LSU to Sean Bauer. Yeah, well, there you go. That's I've, a good one. I've been a big fan of his. Um, he didn't play in many regular season games last year. He had a few sacks in the preseason last year. Um, seeing seeing him out of practice, man, he looks like he put on some weight. He looks like he's in really good shape. Big guy. He's just very quick to the quarterback. He knows how to get to the quarterback. He looks like he has some moves and stuff like that. Um, had a sack in this game, so. Um, that's really good to see, and defensive line depth is just such a big strength on this roster, and yep. I think he's a big part of that. All right, good. I like it. Mike Hughes was mine. Love it. Yeah, I thought he made a great play against the run from the slot where he, um, you know, I don't know if he was pressuring or blitzing or what he was doing, but right at the snap, um, he uh, crossed the line of scrimmage from the slot and tackled the running back from behind. Thought it was a great-looking play, something that I, I think Mike Zimmer wants out of his DBs from the slot. So it just looked really good. And then I thought I thought he was going to get an interception in the end zone. The receiver cut in front of him at the last second. Zimmer but, said that too. Yeah, yeah, I thought he was going to get a pick right there. I just thought Mike Hughes looked good. Now, I don't like the dropped kickoff. He dropped a kickoff. Right. Um, and obviously, you know, he picked it up and it wasn't a turnover. But So it wasn't a perfect game, I guess, for Mr. Hughes. But it was his first game, and it was a good game. So I was happy with that. Special teams. Special teams is I think I think this is a an easy one. We're gonna agree on this one. Yeah, I think, I think we're right? both gonna agree on this one. And Daniel it's got, uh, Daniel Carlson, Carlson man. man. Yes, his hometown. Yeah, of, um, I mean he grew up in Colorado Springs. Four for four PATs, two for two field goals. A fifty-seven yarder. You saw that on the Vikings rundown this week. One of our new shows, man. That that kick that he that he hit. Um, I mean, that's about as good as it gets for yeah, debut in the NFL. So. Love seeing it. Um, and so hopefully now we'll see more standout performances in preseason game number two, which we are going to have a little tiny itty-bitty preview of preseason game number two coming up later on the Wobcast. But for now, we're going to go outside the walls of TCO Performance Center and go to New York and our friends at Good Morning Football who had the Vikings on their mind earlier this week. Take a listen. Who's more dominant in 2018? Is it the offense for the Vikings? Or the Jags defense. Trace, I want to start with you because yeah. you've said that you're very high on the Vikings, but I know you like the Jags. I like the Jags defense a lot. You know when you go into a swimming pool and you kind of, and it's a little cold and you're like, well, let me try it. And then you go, that's me with the Vikings this year. I've said, I think they're going to be the best team in the NFC. And then I've said, well, I think they might win the Super Bowl. Like, I'm all in on the Vikings. And you hear what Ian and Tom are saying. Kirk Cousins is lighting it up. Mm-hmm. And I think he is such a significant upgrade from Case Keenum. And I think that they also have Dalvin Cook, who is an upgrade from Jarek McKinnon and Latavius Murray in the backfield, 
They keep everybody else. They re-sign everyone on defense. I think the Vikings are going to be seen to reckon with and not necessarily being led by their defense. I think their offense can go up there with any offense in the league, and that's a lot on offensive coordinator John D. Filippo, and it's a lot on quarterbacks coach Kevin Stefanski. I am taking the Vikings here. I think the Vikings in that building at home with that crowd being so loud, it is going to be a super season for Minnesota, and I think their offense is even better than the Jaguars' defense. Forget in that water, you don't know what's in that water. There's okay. sharks in the water. You've never been in that water before. You've never seen it happen. <laughs> Whereas with the Jags, that's a nice, pristine swimming pool. You can see right to the bottom of it. They've done it before. They did it last year, and they're bringing it all back. There's bears and lions in that water, and the boogeyman's coming, too. Mm-hmm. He got his swimsuit on. Uh, you know, as you're talking, though, you're, you're mentioning the Vikings, and I can't help but to think how good they're going to be because of all the additions and the Places, the pieces that are already in place, Kirk Cousins and Cook, you mentioned it. Those two guys are great additions, the players that are already there. But then I'm starting to think about the equivalent on the defensive side of the ball for the Jags. What would that mean if they got the addition of a running back, the addition of a quarterback? Here. That would mean Come on, the middle linebacker and safety are completely new players on this defense. That's not the case, though. They have everybody back from last year. So the depth is there. The camaraderie is there. The chemistry is there. This is a toss-up. Like, I can go either way. I think my gut feeling right now, though, is it's the Jaguars. Mm. It's the simple fact that they have everybody back. And for the first time, this young, disrespected group that, quite frankly, nobody cared about. Come on, Nate. A little bit of- We're turning Nate off. Come man. on, man. Turn- we just turned Nate off. So uh, He's just trying to make good no, TV. No, yeah, absolutely. And he first, obviously, complimented the Vikings offense and how great of an upgrade he, he thinks that the t- that they're going to be this season. And then, obviously, we have a very, very good team in the building here at the TCO Performance Center um, for two days. And then we go on to play them for the first game at U.S. Bank Stadium on Saturday at noon. So that is a perfect segue into our Know Your Opponent segment, yep. as well as talking about um, – what joint practices yeah. have been like? So, here, so before you get to know your opponent, yes, let's just talk a little bit about those practices. You know, That's because right. it was cool, man. It was like sensory overload. Like yeah. I'm out there, you know, and it's like normally, I mean, on a normal practice, there's a lot to watch. You can't watch everything at a normal Vikings training camp practice. Now you put another team out there, put the Jaguars out there. It's like sensory overload, man. You don't know where to look, what to watch. There's so much going on, you can't possibly catch all of it. And all of it's super cool. You got A.J. Boye going against Stephon Diggs over there. And then I got Cornelius Edison going against Malik Jackson over here. And then I got Miles Jack covering Dalvin Cook over there. Everywhere I turn, something's going on. It's the best. You can't keep up with all of it. And we'd be remiss to not bring up that (laughs) Tony Sperano's son is an offensive line coach for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And to see him coaching... Um, his offensive line, which is such a great group, yep. um, in front of uh, his mother, who was out there at practice yesterday, yep. Tony Sperano's wife, on the same field that Tony Sperano coached his offensive line um, the past couple months in the offseason program. It, I mean, that is as good of a story as there is in football. I mean, between that and just the talent, like you mentioned, that's on the field. I mean, yeah. So it was better. fun. It was it was awesome to watch those joint practices. Now it's going to culminate in this preseason game. So tell us a little bit about the Jags, Chris. Looking into the preseason game, man. Like we said, you see it out at practice here. That the just noticing how big that Jaguars defensive line is, how big their offensive line is. I mean, they're stacked with young talent. It's just it's it's amazing. And speaking of big bodies. One yeah. thing that, that we notice is Leonard Fournette, the running back on this team. Man, he is their number one back. He's a three-down back. 
Um, he ran for 24 yards on five carries. Um, TJ Yeldon is his buddy in the backfield there who also had a few carries in the first game. Um, they fell 24-20 to 20 in their first preseason opener against the New Orleans Saints. But, man, it, everything starts with a run with this team. Yep. Getting a back like Leonard Fournette and then – and then going with the play of Blake Bortles this past season. I, I mean, what do you think about Bortles as a quarterback? Well, I'm I, I'm more fine with him, I think, than a lot of people are. And look, I know what it's like to to get behind a team and support a team when no one else believes in that team, and or or to do it for a player. You know, to get behind and give a player a chance and take the wait and see approach while everyone else is sort of writing the book on them and closing or you know closing the book on them. And that's that's where the Jags kind of are with Bortles, you know, because people he, he's been the butt of jokes. People have written him off uh, too soon, and oh, all he's done is guide, you know, help guide the Jags to the AFC title game, you know, yeah, where absolutely. they had a lead at Gillette Stadium in the second half of the AFC title game. It's okay, and, so and they could have won that game so easily. Well, yeah, they could have won that game. There was an amazing like third and eighteen conversion by the Patriots, I think, and then the you know Amendola tiptoeing in the back of the end zone. I mean, yeah, the Jacks could have won that game, and we were in Philadelphia watching that in the press box. In the press box, I'll never forget. Being it. like, we're going to play the Jags in the Super Bowl. This is unbelievable, you know. So, um, I, I guess I'm a little higher on Bortles maybe than a lot of people are, but I think more and more people are starting to come to the party, and it's not a, you know. Bortles being a lead or not conversation. It's Bortles is their quarterback and they know how to win with Bortles. And Bortles knows how to help them win games. So Absolutely. I'm cool with Blake Bortles if I'm the Jags. Now, if you're the Saints, if you're um, maybe if you're the Patriots or the Packers, Bortles might not be the guy that you want. But if you're the Jaguars, You've got it built in a way where Bortles is is your guy, and they should feel good about it. I, I agree. I mean, they had such a great season last year, especially in the regular season, and to go on to play the Patriots in that game um, that they could have easily won, what a season for the Jaguars' offense. And I think it's only going to continue with Leonard Fournette just with one year of experience. I mean, yeah. um, looking at the defense, that's where – that's where the talent is. Yeah, they're good. I mean, they are number two very, defense in the NFL last number year. Number two, and, yeah. and we're just going to keep harping on that number two because we all know who number one was last yeah, year in, in 2017. Um, second in both yards and points allowed per game, 286 yards per game, 16.8 points allowed per game. Really good defense. Marone is, a, is, is definitely a, a, a very good defensive coach. Tom Coughlin, uh, seeing him walking around the building, we all know that he knows how to win with with some of those New York Giants teams that they had. Um, and to speak about the strength of this defense, I yeah. really think it's in the secondary. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're very good. Jalen Ramsey, who did not make the trip uh, with the team, he he's uh, had a loud loud mm-hmm. mouth <laughs> a little okay. bit. <laughs> That's putting it nicely. Yep. Yeah, um, he didn't make it out here with the team, as well as Dante Fowler is not here with the team. He's on the defensive line, but. The combination of Jalen Ramsey and A.J. Boye, I mean, those two guys are, nice. are shut down corners. So. It's good Jaguars defense over there. Glad we don't see them in the regular season, but very happy to be working against them now because iron sharpens iron around here. That's right. All right, um, last thing before we go, mailbag. All right, we're on the mailbag questions. We do these every week, and we're going to continue with three more today. And the first one is from Justin from Illinois. With Dalvin Cook coming back this year, how do you think the Vikings will balance his load with Latavius Murray? And do you also think that Dalvin will be a top five rusher this year? I, th- 
Uh, yeah, I think Dalvin will be a top five rusher this year. Um, so, and I don't know what yardage he'd have to get to for that to happen. It's probably around 11, 12, 1300 to get you in the top five. And I think Dalvin can do more. But I don't think Latavius Murray will be the seldom used RB2. I think Latavius Murray is the regularly used RB2. And so, um, the Vikings have two good backs, and I think they're going to use two good backs in every single game. Latavius definitely has a purpose. He's got credibility with offensive coordinator John D. Filippo. They've worked together in the past, and he's got credibility with offensive assistant coach Todd Downing. They were together in Oakland as well. So um, Murray is a factor, and uh, and Dalvin Cook also a factor. I think he'll be a top-five rusher. And um, if that's sort of your um, – if you've got – like the Dalvin Cook, Latavius Murray handcuff on your fantasy team, I think you're going to be in good shape. I mean, if you have those two, and then even looking at the wide receivers, Diggs and Thielen, I mean, four, four weapons that like, yeah. can go either way. You I don't mean, want all of them on your fantasy team. It's but it's crazy. If you got the Cook Murray handcuff, I like it. I Absolutely. think I think you can use both those guys. That makes sense all for right. sure. Number two, first of all, I want to thank you, Wabi, for answering all of my emails Aww. and for using a couple on your show. No problem. Happy to do it. That's awesome, man, says Mike. My question is, two Vikings will be first-time Pro Bowlers this season. Uh, is which two Vikings will be mm-hmm. pr- first-time Pro Bowlers this season? Or right. New York. Okay. Well, like... We've, we've had a bunch of Pro Bowlers around here, so it's hard to keep track of who isn't a Pro Bowler. But Diggs and Kendricks, surprisingly, are two Vikings who have not been to the Pro Bowl, Chris. I feel like they could make it. A lot of people don't realize that. I think they could make it. Let's get Diggs over 1,000 yards. Yep. He's got the notoriety from the Minneapolis Miracle. If he plays in 16 games, I think he'll get over 1,000 yards. What do you have last year, seven touchdowns or eight? Yeah, I think he had eight touchdowns, and he was right around 800, 900 yards. Well, so. let's put him on eight or nine touchdowns and 1,000 yards, and we're going to get Diggs in the Pro Bowl. Let's see, Eric Kendricks. Oh, all he's done is lead us in tackles every year of his career. Absolutely. So every year that Eric Kendricks has been a Viking, he's been number one on the team in tackles, over 100 each year, I believe. And I think he's going to do that again this year, and I think he's going to make it to the Pro Bowl because we're going to have the best defense in the NFL. He's going to lead us in tackles, and he's going to play middle linebacker. He's a three-down linebacker, and the Pro Bowl is usually one year late to the party. Uh, just like the NFL top 100 players list, one year late to the party, recognizing players a year after they've established their place. I think Kendricks has established his place. I think he will continue to do so, and I think next year he'll be in the Pro Bowl. And I think the only thing that's kept Stefan Diggs out to this point is we remember his rookie year. He wasn't active for the first three or four games of his career, and sure. then his second year he was kind of battling in- injuries. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So if he, 16 games, man, keep that guy out of the Pro Bowl. I don't know how you do that. He'll be gone. Number three, and this one, we've kind of talked about the helmet rules when we spoke to Anthony Harris, the new helmet rules for, uh, for the defense, but this one is from Paul from Seattle, Washington. Okay. And he says, as a fan, we look and notice and anticipate, um, like, what, what, what do we want to look for with the new kickoff rule this sure. season on special teams? So. Yeah, I think you're going to see more little guys on the field, so fewer offensive and defensive linemen. More cornerbacks, more running backs, more wide receivers, even wide receivers and running backs in blocking positions. So, and and that's going to create some interesting matchups when it comes to guys running down to cover and guys blocking. You're going to have guys who aren't used to blocking trying to block. So I think that's going to favor the coverage team. On the flip side, the new rules have created more space. 
more space favors the team who has the ball. So I don't know what's going to happen. I had a, a discussion with uh, special teams coordinator Mike Prefer, you know, and he said, um, I'm not going to make any bold predictions, Wabi, but I'm going to write yours down. So you tell me what's going to happen here. He said, is average starting field position in the NFL going to go up or down? And I said it's going to go down. And what did he say? Well, he said he's not going to predict, he's but he's going to write it down oh, for me, gonna... and he's going to hold me to it. I wow. said average starting field position is going down. I said the Vikings is going to go up, though, uh, but the average for the NFL is going to go down. That's... that's that's my guess right now. Now, that opinion is subject to change after I watch some preseason games. Yep. But I think the new rules are going to create worse starting field position for teams. Well, that says a lot about how you feel about the new kickoff policy. Well, I mean, I, yeah, I, I don't know. Like I, I, I get, it. I don't know. They want to reduce injuries, yep. but still make it an exciting play. And I, and I think they're going to have reduced injuries, but I don't know if they're going to have created more explosive returns. I just don't hope, know yet. Yeah, we all hope that's the case. But. Well, maybe, unless you're kicking off, then yeah. you don't. Well, then you don't, of course. Right. So we'll as, see. As fans, we want to see. I want to see more sample size in the preseason before I, I can really, really make a bold prediction. But I told Prefer, as of now, I think teams are going to try to return it, but I think the coverage teams are going to have – a good strategy, and I think those corners and those safeties running down to tackle, they're going to get around the running backs and the wide receivers. They're not going to get blocked by those guys, and they're going to make tackles. That makes sense. That's just, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. All right. All right. Before we go, yeah, what do you got? Give, give the fans um, how they can watch the game, yep. how they can get to the game, because there's okay. a big change for the Vikings coming All right. to games. If you're going to the game at U.S. Bank Stadium, whether it's this week's preseason game or any game the rest of the way, there is mobile ticketing. No longer can you bring a hard copy ticket into games. So we can debate whether that's cool or not another day. But for now, just know you must have the Vikings app. It's free and it's easy to download. So go find it in the App Store. Download the Vikings app. That's where you will find your tickets to the game. And you will use that to get into the game. you got to use your app to get into the stadium. All right, so make sure you go and do that if you want more information. Go to Vikings.com. Now, if you're not going to the game, there are plenty of ways to take it in. NFL Game Pass on Vikings.com. Go to Vikings.com slash Game Pass. Start your free seven-day trial of NFL Game Pass. Watch Vikings games live with the broadcast that includes Paul Allen and Pete Bursich and Greg Coleman and Ben Lieber. And, or you can watch it in on-demand format, right, Chris? That's you can right. go back and watch it after the game's over. You can watch you can the watch All-22. any game over, yep. Yeah, any game over in the NFL. That's right, not just Vikings games. So go to vikings.com slash Game Pass. Also, the game will be a simulcast on Fox 9 and the Vikings Radio Network. Locally here in the Metro, that's FM 100.3 KFAN. Channel 9, Fox 9, will have the game. Paul Allen will be the play-by-play guy. Pete Bursich, as usual, by his side in the booth. I will be sitting between them, helping out with the broadcast. Greg Coleman and Ben Lieber on the sidelines. Radio pregame show hosted by Mike Musman. Vikings Sunday, Saturday version. That starts at 10 a.m. Central on KFAN and the Vikings Radio Network. 10 a.m. Central for the kickoff that begins at noon. Saturday game at noon, folks. Vikings and Jaguars preseason game number two. All right. We'll be back next week with another edition of the Wobcast. We'll talk about preseason game number two and look ahead to preseason game number three. But for now, that's it. So on behalf of producer and co-host Chris Corso, I'm Wobby signing off for now. Skull Vikings.
Oh yeah!